ignite your passion for God and for his work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International Adenta Branch, as he comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service filled with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Roadshow, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving word of God. Now listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. the dead you reign in majesty mighty God everything written about you is great you are great yes you are holy one you walked upon the sea you raised the dead you reign in majesty mighty God everything written about you is great you are great you are great you are great you are great Oh, yes, you are. Lord, you are great. You are great. Everything written about you is great. Oh, you are great. My Lord, you are great. you are great. To you with pleasure in our hearts. 
we lift our voice to say everything written about you is great and you say we worship you today we give you all the praise as we lift our hands to you with pleasure in our hearts we raise our voice to say everything written about you time for us to hear a very powerful testimony and all the way from Agape Zone is our sister Caroline Okreku and let us listen to her. Clap your hands and welcome her. Hallelujah. My name is Caroline Okreku from Agape Zone. Actually, I'm the zonal leader. Um, I joined Lighthouse 2015 
and it's been a great time for me. Um, somewhere last year, September, during our fresh wind, Bishop made us pray for something. He said, some of us are receiving fathers, so we should pray for that. And I believed in it. Seriously, I've not had a very good relationship with my boss. This is a boss who is not a religious person. He doesn't believe in God, nothing. So anytime I ask for permission, he tells me, don't tell me you're going to Kodesh because I won't allow you. And then I prayed for it. Seriously, I believed so much that things will work. And ever since I went to work, when I'm talking to him, even when I make a mistake and he wants to correct me, he sack everybody from his office and say, Caroline, come to my office. Then he'll blast me and then I'll come and sit down quietly without even knowing that I've been blasted or without anybody knowing. But in September, October, my kid sister had to go to school, SS. There was no money, nothing. And I was just wondering how I was going to fund that fees. But I went to work one Monday and told my boss, say, um, I need one day to go to a pump to go and register my sister. And then he said, okay, no problem. You can go, but how are you going to pay for the fees? And I said, um, I don't know, but when I come back, perhaps I might apply for a loan from the company. Then he said, okay, no problem, go. When I got to the entrance, then he called me back. He said, Caroline, come. Just go and bring the bill to me. The company will pay for your sister's school fees. <laughs> I, was, I was very, very happy because... I didn't know where I was going to get the money from, but um, through the prayers, I believed God opened a very great door for me. And today, my sister is in school, all thanks to God and thanks to Bishop for really counseling us. And then it doesn't end there. When he travels with his wife outside the country, maybe for holidays, he would call you and be like, my wife said, what do you want? We are in Thailand. What do you want us to get for you? And they will come back with a lot of gifts just for me. And I'm very happy. And I want to encourage somebody here with 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, where the Bible says that we should believe in God and will be established. And we should believe in the prophets that he has given to us. And then we will prosper. I thank you, Bishop, for this very great topic you gave to us to pray about. It has really transformed my life. Amen. Clap your hands for yourself. It is time for the word of God. The bishop is ready to speak the mind of God. Make a joy unto the Lord and let's receive our bishop to the pulpit. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be in your presence, we ask, Lord, that you shine your bright light on our paths today and give us wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Please turn your Bibles to Genesis. I have been sharing with you some general principles on 
how great people behave. When you are a, when you want to be great, there's a way to live your life. And one of the things I shared with you, I think last week or so, is that great people do many things at the same time. You cannot continue doing one thing at a time. Romans 8:28 says, "All things work together." So you must learn to let things work together, things together at the same time. Only children do one thing at a time. As you grow, you will learn that you have to be a pastor, a worker, a father, do two jobs, many things together at the same time before you can have a great life. Today, I'm settling on a very great person in the Bible called Isaac. God blessed him. He became great. Remember, this is our year of greatness. And Isaac became great by doing certain things. And if you also want to be great, the Bible says we should be followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. So in Genesis 26, we learn the first thing about Isaac. And we can also learn it and as we apply it to our lives, we become great. The Bible says there was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him. And told Isaac, not, said, go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land. And I will be with thee. And I will bless thee. And if you jump to verse 6, 
He said, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar. So the first thing we see, when you see that somebody is great, any person you know who is great does certain things. When you see a great person, you may look at yourself and think that you are inferior. Is there anybody here who knows a great person? Somebody who is great in town, in church, right? Compare that person to yourself. How do you feel when you compare? Sorry. The gap is very well wide. There's a great gulf fixed. So you can easily think that you are a nobody. And that somebody is great and big. But as for you, dear, you must be small forever. Even those of us, especially who also believe in God, may even think that, oh, God selected her and made her great. But as for me, I should be small and just remain where I am. But I want to tell you something. There is nobody who was born great. There is nobody God like before he was born he was great already and then when you were born you were born small with dwarfs God doesn't do that don't think that way. There is nobody like you see, the Bible gives us a very clear description of how God sees us. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 that. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. I said God doesn't fear anybody. We fear people. We respect people. God is no respecter of persons. 
So when you find somebody is great, that even God has made great, God did not make that person great because he respects the person. It's a very important mind you must have. If you don't have that mind, you will be arrogant. You, a lot of things will happen to you. Arrogance. Inferiority complex. You feel that you are nothing. And somebody is everything. God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, there are some people who fear God. And then they also work righteousness. They are the people God selects to make great. Very important. When you discover that a certain woman is great, a certain man is great, and has also remained great, because you, you can use tricks to become great. You can steal elections to become a president. Are you aware of that in Africa? Yeah. You can steal money. You can do drugs and be a great man. To be a rich person. But to remain great transgenerationally, there must be a power that keeps you hanging in the air. If you want to remain great Or you want to be great Remember That God doesn't just You know Determine that I will make this one great And I will make this one small he does not respect anybody. But in every nation, those who fear God and work righteousness are the ones God chooses. May he choose you to be great. That is how we Isaac became great. The first thing about Isaac's greatness is what I want to share with you today. That Isaac feared God. He respected God. He gave room in his life to God. Beyond your logic and your analysis, you must leave room for God. When you analyze and you come to a certain decision, you must still allow God's will to take place. A lot of us have guided ourselves explosions. You guide your life 
only to go and explode somewhere. There was a farming where Isaac lived. There was no food. No rain. The ground was dry. No trees. If you plant anything, it doesn't grow. Farming. So it made sense that is if your brain is working, you will realize that where I am right now, there's no food. If your brain is working, where I am, there's no food. What should I do? I must go to the place where there is food. Why? Because man must eat. So if there's no food here, we move. So in the Bible, you see such movements. Even Jacob the Petrarch and his his, his uh, what do you call it, descendant, they moved to Egypt. There was no food. There was farming, but there was rice and corn in Egypt. So they went to Egypt. I mean, it, it's, it makes a lot of sense. Also, there's a this prophet Elijah. Elijah. God guided him to a place, a brook, where there was water. And the Bible says that in the morning and in the evening, birds, ravens, they brought him bread and fish. Morning, evening. Morning, evening. Which is also a message. The same meal, the same bread and fish. Sometimes God can feed you with the same thing for a long time. Those of you who are into excursions. Yeah, I mean, if something new comes, you leave and you are chasing the new thing. A new church, Benihin comes to that side. Then you leave and you go. You get a beloved, a new girl with longer legs appears. Then you leave this one. Then you go. Then you get the one with the longer legs. Then as you are with her, a new member comes with big breasts like uh, pineapples and uh, what's the name of that? Watermelon. So this one, your own is small. I like watermelon. So it's like you are always moving and being guided by by, it's like you can't stay with one thing, but Elijah was fed with the same diet. Exactly. But the Bible says a time came that the brook he was, because you see, when you eat bread, you must drink water. Otherwise, you choke. So the Bible says that the brook dried up. 
as soon as the brook dried up, a word from God again came because it makes sense that if the brook has dried up, you better make a move. So God said, go to Zarephath. There is a widow there. I have prepared something for you there. Move, just move. That is why today's message is very important. Because Isaac also, when the place became dry, everybody was moving to Egypt. But a word from the Lord came to Isaac. That is the beginning of prosperity. Knowing God's will for your life and not chasing the wind and chasing the crowds. A word from God came and said, Isaac, everybody is going to Egypt, but you stay here, don't move. That is where the differences begin to show up. Those who just move around and those who hear God's voice. Isaac heard God's voice and he feared God. He was prepared to obey God even when it did not make sense. A Christian does not only do things that make sense. A Christian must factor in God's will for his life. If you follow the things that make sense, you will destroy your life. You must always factor in God. That Lord, I am doing this all. It makes sense all. But what do you say? That's how David became great. When his things were stolen, normally, when your things are stolen and you know that they are going towards the Dodoa road, what do you do? You chase them on the Dodoa road. But David did not just chase them. He, 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 he asked God, should I go or should I not go? David The first time God said go. The second time God said go. I, I, I think the third or the fourth time he prayed the same prayer. Should I pursue or should I not pursue? After the third or fourth time, God said, don't go. Based on earlier interactions with God, 
David could have said, oh God, when I ask him, he will say go. Because the first time he said I should go. Second time he said I should go. Third time he said I should go. But David knew that for every event of his life, there was a will of God for him. Sometimes there is a will of God that you may never think about. What is today's lesson? Fear God. Whatever you are doing, factor in God, God's word. What does God's word say about this? If you, if you throw God away, you have set up yourself for destruction. If God's voice does not... You see... You must not allow money to guide you. You have to ask yourself. There's money. These two jobs. One pays me 2,000 Ghana cities. This one pays me 1,400 Ghana cities. You must still, you see, God's opinion should still guide you. And you may be in one more day, Maui, but I could be more 2,000. Isaac refused to be guided by hunger. Isaac and He allowed God to guide him. Some of you are guided by offenses. Offenses determine what church you should attend. Offenses determine what you should do. But beyond your offenses, you must allow God's will to reign supreme. Don't allow money to guide you. One brother got a very big job and he came to me to, to ask me whether he should take it. I looked at the salary, he brought me everything. I looked at the fat money. And I asked him, where you, are, where you are working at? How much is it? He said, this amount. I looked at the conditions and everything. Big money. I told him, don't take this job. He said, oh. I said, don't take this job. Stay with where you are. He came back to me a year after. In this church, this is your church here. He came to me and said, Bishop, what you said last year, I'm surprised. What did you see? I said, I didn't see anything. That job that I got, the company has collapsed. Few people stop to ask for God's opinion. Yeah. Few men allow God to guide them to marry a woman. Because the average man, a man with two testicles. I mean, the hormones that are generated by the testicles are not small hormones. 
testosterone it's one of the most powerful chemicals that you see when a man a man wants to marry a woman I want to say a, a woman no, not these two by four girls so i'm talking a proper woman you see when you see the botox it's like, it's like something genuine genuine ties <laughs> i mean the breasts that are coming they are they are shaking like oil <laughs> yeah and if you allow your testicles to guide you you will marry a witch I'm preaching. Some of you men sitting here, you have followed a copper color skin. I mean, you saw the, uh, the, the copper color part of the woman's breast. Say, what? Wallahi, I will never depart. I will never depart from this breast. Now, now the breasts are in the household, but you can't even hold it. I'm a man beyond your testicles, you must allow God. Allow God. Oh Lord. Wow. God, I have a feeling about what do you say? I like what I'm seeing. I like the ties. But what, what do you also say? Then you say to you that this woman, look, three months ago, my stories are true, by the way. When I'm preaching, I use stories. They are true. When once a while, I read something from a book, and I will tell you, that this one I read it. I woke up one morning. This is around November, October, November. Normally I don't touch my phone, but when I touched it, I, I saw about five missed calls. I still did not want to call the brother. He's a pastor. When I checked the WhatsApp messages. I saw his text as well. I'm sure he would, why he was calling me is in the text. When I saw it, I touched his messages and a picture came. When a picture came, I sat up. I said, I'm Roberts. I've gone. Look, I can't show you because you will see the person. His face, the mouth was swollen. There was blood here. I mean, the face was disfigured. A man. So, I said, goodness. So, I checked. My, was my phone on silent? Maybe he wanted help. Something, to, you know, to call the police or something. I said, goodness. So, I called him. I said, when did this happen? He said, he said Bishop, I, I, I've been calling you. I said, where are you? Are you in the hospital? He said, I'm at home. I said, when... I, how did they break? Because I know your house. How did they break in? Did they steal anything? And he said, they, who, who they? He said, did you see my picture? He said, I saw the picture. He said, but didn't you read what I, no, I said, I he said, no, it's not I'm Roberts. It is my wife who has beaten me like this. Pastor, you don't believe me, eh? Do you believe me? I can show you the picture, but I won't. Now, today, 
you will see the wife. You will see her. She's around. I'm very sure the wig she will use today is like the Italian one. Yeah. As she's coming with her legs. So, Onale, beauty queen. Asomwa, she is Ayoko Chavez. You are marrying a beauty queen with legs. The men around there, they don't speak the truth. These men. Liars. If they were to speak the truth, you'll be guided by the woman you will marry. That a day comes, eh, it is better you marry a woman whose face is crumpled than a woman who went to do Miss Malaika. Miss Malaika. So one, one brother told me, said, Bishop, the legs for which I married her, I can't even touch the legs. Oh, yes. But you know it. A lot of wives are like karate kids. When you are touching them, why? Because you were guided by breasts. You did not allow, but thank God for Isaac that beyond the feelings of hunger, he heard the voice of God. Don't go. And he said, Isaac, dear one, chairman, the common answer, and the queen. Somebody comes. Hey, you know, I, I, I've come to, I'm a businessman. I've come from Brazil. And I want, to, I want to do some business with you. I've got $2 million and I want to do, want to invest in, in, in gold and oil. He's not from Brazil. He's from Ikeja. Ikeja. Do you know Ikeja? <laughs> but because you like money. So he has brought two million dollars. It's not his papers. Papers they have printed. And you bring all your, you sign your checks. You sign your gold. You sign because you are not used to asking that God, what do you also say? I've seen an opportunity. I've seen, a, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I've seen a man. I've, even a church. It's not every church you must attend. Even if it has got air conditioner, you must be careful because it's not a church, it's the shepherd of the church who matters to, to your life and destiny. My brother, listen to me very carefully. The reason why, you know, when I'm preaching, you can easily get the impression I've not been to school. Even, even, even when you hear that I'm a pastor, because over 95% of pastors are uneducated. They couldn't go to school. Most pastors are pastors because it's a most convenient job. Because, I mean, what does it take? Bible and suits, oversized coats. Bible, get a classroom, some few benches, danasi, danasi, and you preach with. And most Ghanaians, even if your English is not good, they will clap for you anyway. 
So church, I mean, <laughs> we clap for you. <laughs> so, 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 so when you see me as a pastor, you may think I'm, a, I'm an idiot. You may think I'm uneducated. But you see, I want to inform you that when you leave God out of your life, when you don't fear God, look, when I finished medical school, I had friends who, you, you know, you are in a classroom with friends. All of us were writing exams to go to America. And when we finished, we all passed. All of them, even next two weeks or so, I'm going to stay with one. Fine, he lives in a mansion somewhere. But they went. Only, I was the only person God spoke to me, said, Stay here. At that time, I was pastoring a little church in Mataheko. He said, Sit by these people and let them go. They were in the will of God. The fact that 100 people are moving this way does not mean you should also move this way. Because there is something called the will of God for you. Your life. Your life. Your life. Your life. You have gone to marry a woman. I, I don't know what made you choose her. Oh, Daddy, how are you? Very good. God bless you, Daddy. Good. I mean, stand up, stand up. Let me see you. Any man, please come, come, come. There is no man who will see this, this. And pass by her. Unless your testicles have been removed. But if you are a real man. And I hope you come. I hope that God spoke to you. No, I'm telling you that I hope that. God spoke to you because look at a black this is black beauty and when, when, when a woman is very black and she's also a witch it's a dangerous combination a witch who is black I hope you have not gone to marry a witch <laughs> the people don't believe you look when you see this, I don't even want to go behind her to see what is behind. That's why you see some husbands. Husbands! You see a grown-up man with gray hair. He's, when he's sitting down, he sees his Oh, Sam, unfortunately, you are finished signing. <laughs> you are finished signing. Yes. She's my daughter. She's good to me. She serves me. She's very spiritual. But in your case, I pray that she's not a witch. 
Because if God did not speak to you and you went to sign, oh Sam, oh Sam. Hefora is here. Hefora is a pastor. I'm speaking clear English. I'm not changing my words. Who will see this woman and pass by her? I'm just using them to teach you a lesson. For them, I know. She's not a witch. Even when she begins to become a witch, my face alone my face. And, and she knows my face. She won't try. Will you try? No. I said, will you try? No, please. Oh. One wife, I was somewhere, she called me, said, Daddy, I'm leaving. I said, you are leaving where? Are you leaving a meeting? Are you, are, are you leaving a church? I said, no. I'm leaving my house. Which house? That place I came to. I said, why? I said, my husband. My husband is disturbing me. So I said, it was around 11 p.m. I, I said, so where are you going? He said, I'm going to Sunyani, to my mother. At this time, say said, yes, yeah. I can never stay with this man. So I said, where are your things? So my thing, grown up, my things are here. I've packed, I'm at the gate. But I felt I should tell you. I said, okay, I'm, I'm doing something. I'll, let me end the call now. I'll call you back in five minutes. When I call, when I call again and you answer this, my, my call, you should be in the bedroom. Hey, I said, hey, don't waste my time. I said, when I call back, and if you are a man, don't pick my call. And I ended the call. Five minutes, I called back. Where are you? I'm here. Where is here? Where are you? I'm in the bedroom. Thank you. Why is your husband? He's lying in bed. And where are you standing? I'm inside the bedroom and the corner. <laughs> yes. I said, check and see. Is your husband naked as he's in the bed? Hey. Then she went. Say. He's wearing his underwear. I said, remove it now. <laughs> remove it. Don't end the call. So you went, she went, remove it. I said, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my blouses. I said, remove everything you are wearing right now. Remove it. Remove your panties. Remove your skirt. Have you finished? Say yes. Say, Jump onto the bed right now. Look, information. You may not know that your best ability is to destroy yourself. You see the keyboard. Play the keyboard. Play. Play something. 
can you do it? Is he not a skilled keyboardist? Yeah. But he has an ability. An ability that is more powerful than the keyboard he's playing. And it is the, an ability, the ability to destroy himself. There is something bigger than your ability to build a company or to marry a woman. It is your ability to destroy your life, to destroy your business, to destroy your marriage. That is why we bring in God. Because when God comes in, he introduces a law against the self-destruction which we are prone to. If we leave you without God, you, you will destroy your marriage. Osam, Isaac, he had feelings. He, he could feel hunger. But he allowed God's word to be greater than his feelings. Isaac, no In this marriage, you tell watch it. You think this white white will be white white forever? Or this look, look at the body. Look at it. It's like a guitar. It goes up and comes down like that. Or it's like a Coca-Cola bottle. After three pregnancies, she will change to a can cook. You see, can cook. <laughs> If you follow your feelings, one day, next three months or next two months, she will say something at home. You won't believe that it's your wife talking to you. And that the next feeling will be to slap her. What? Me, Papa, or so far, you are talking to me like that. Me, Kofi, or Sam the second, you are talking to me like that. I'm not. I'm, I'm joking. She won't slap your wife. But she will say something to you where you will not feel like talking to her. You will be in the house with her. You don't talk to her. But that is where if you don't have, like Isaac, another word. You see, there's always another word above the word of your feelings. Above the word of your offenses. Above the word. I'm talking about how to be great in marriage. When you see, like you see daddy who has married for how many years? And they still with mommy. Don't think it is by just drinking palm wine. Next week, Sunday, remind me, God willing, I'm going to talk about another principle of Isaac called sowing and reaping. I will take you through some teachings. You understand how Isaac would be a great man. But today, today, what do we learn from Isaac? That beyond your feeling of anger, hunger, offense, even excitement. You cannot follow excitement. You can't do it because you are happy. Then somebody's wife should come and sit on your lap. Hey, 
What is that? You must learn whether you are excited, you are happy, you are sad, you are angry. Breathe in and out and leave room for something called the word of God. The will of God. Anybody who sets that will aside, you will appear to be prospering. But there is a wind. This life has got winds. When that wind blows, remember Jesus talked about two men who built houses. What tested them was not an earthquake. It was a wind, a storm. Yes. It is the people who have allowed God. Some of you sitting here, you don't fear God because you have got money. You don't fear God because you are rich. You don't fear God because you are educated. Wait. You are only a storm away. When the storm blows, you realize that there is nothing that can stand the test of storms and winds except what has been grounded on the rock, which is Christ's word. Peter said, this is the rock. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will cast my net. I will cast my net. Leave room, everybody, leave room. Leave room. Make, room. Make space for God. You are angry. Your wife has annoyed you. It's true. What does God say? Otherwise, you will be like Esau. You will follow hunger and take a decision. And later, when you come to your senses, you will be looking for your wife. This church, I told the wife, I said, what you are doing? You will destroy your marriage. What you are doing, you will destroy your marriage. Today, all she has left is me. Comforting her. The husband has left long ago. So, no, no, I cannot. I can't. That's why you realize that a man, he will be attracted by your beauty. But the beauty is just for six hours. If a man stays with you, it cannot be your face because there are nicer faces than your face. If you see a man who has been with a woman for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, it's not face or hips, it is behavior. Behavior, attitude. And when you are not guided by God, you will trade your birthright and somebody wiser than you will take what belongs to you and you'll be looking for it with tears. Where's my wife? Where's my business? Where's my father? Where's my mother? Today, that wife, I said she should go back. She called me to the house three weeks ago or so. The husband has built a mansion. As we are walking through, he said, Daddy, they, when you come this to your room, you stay here. And this is our garage. I said, I look at you, say, your mouth like garage. Your mouth like garage. Today you are in your husband's house. Had it not been God 
or God's agent in your life, you would have used your own hands to destroy what you have used your own hands to build. I pray that the God factor next Sunday, when you don't feel like coming to church, remember that you cannot mess up with God. That we are here because we are leaving a little room for God. A room for God. That his word, his opinion, we don't follow. Isaac did not follow hunger. A man doesn't follow hunger. Doesn't follow money. Doesn't follow. When you follow these things, you will crash. But may you be as great as Isaac. Lifted up by God. Your marriage, I'm telling you, it will last. You will be happy. Why? Because beyond your own analysis and your own, you know, yesterday I told you, it's not as it seems. It's not as it appears. Allow another word to tower above your understanding of what it takes to live with a wife or a husband. When that word comes, you'll be secure. Many people are secure. They, they, they look great. But they are not great. They just allowed a great person's wisdom to guide them and to cover them. You are not great, oh. I am not great. But let's seek the great wisdom of God and let's apply it into our lives. They will clap for us like champions. When in reality, we are not great and we are not champions. But the wisdom of God is what keeps us day by day by day. Rise to your feet. If you are here today, your friend invited you. You are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. Every eye closed and every eye We are leaving room for God. You want to be born again. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you right now. Yes. Pastor, pray for me. I just finished pray, uh, preaching to you about God. Give him room. Give him space in your life. You want to be born again today. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you right now. If your hand is up, come to me in front here. I want to pray for you. Come. Come. Come to Jesus. Lift your two hands. Lift your two hands. And from, from your heart. Say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sins. I've done many bad things. I've gone far from you. 
I realize, I realize that I cannot live without you. I cannot live without you. Please receive me. Please receive me. Please accept me. Please accept me. Please wash my sins. Please wash my sins. With the blood of Jesus. With the blood of Jesus. I'm not going back again. I'm not going back. I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. I'm staying in church. I'm staying in church. I will serve you. All the days of my life, I thank you that I'm born again. This is my new beginning. I thank you in Jesus' name. for listening to this podcast we believe that you have been truly blessed you can send a mail to bishop edwin ogo at bishop edwin ogo at gmail.com introduce this podcast to a friend keep listening and keep living passionately for god